Boom. Technically speaking, when you're in business and you're doing all the work yourself, you're a solopreneur. But if you're looking to scale and grow your business into something bigger, then you might need a little bit of help, especially for those of you in the tech industry. You're going to want to pay attention to this one. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Are you a business owner looking to grow and scale your company without sacrificing your personal and well-being? Our guest today is a certified business and executive coach who specializes in working with technical business owners of professional service firms and private coaching clients. With a proven track record of helping clients create actionable and realistic strategic roadmaps to reach their goals and find more time for other priorities, he's here to share his insight and expertise. Today, we're excited to dive deep into the strategies for unlocking growth and efficiency in business while finding balance in life. Now let's welcome to the show, Mr. Eric De La Fuente. All right, Eric, welcome to the program, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. I love that intro. That was exciting. Oh, dude, it's all you, baby. This is what you do. I'm just here to highlight what you do, man. All right, let's do this. Um, I want to know a little bit about your background background uh i I obviously i got some stuff that i shared in the intro um but how did you become a coach like what what are you looking for what were you looking for in life that made you become a coach yeah man i mean the the short version of the story is uh yeah i was i was in consulting uh for about a decade in my career and uh i was always more of a builder more of like i want to start creating things and so had a couple of different things going on over the last couple of years where i was doing a lot of that and uh, I got uh, I got the the sign that it was going to be more of a when you want you to manage what you've been building as opposed to continue to build. And so I realized it wasn't really for me. And so I decided, why not build for my own um, build and help other people kind of do the same thing. And so I pivoted uh, back in uh, September of last year to start my own coaching and consulting business. And that's been my priority ever since. Well, let me ask you, dude, um, building a business takes up a lot of time and a lot of brain power. I don't know about you, man, but like when a, an idea pops into my head, it's like, I can't sleep. I can't focus. That's the one thing that, that is just on my mind the whole time. It consumes me uh, for the most part, which is kind of cool in the sense that you're focused and you get to do all kinds of cool stuff. But on the other hand, you start taking away from some of the other things that are involved in life, right? Some of the fun stuff, the experiences, the things that you kind of sacrifice one for the other, how do you help clients achieve maybe like a balance when they're trying to grow and scale a business? How did you find balance? How do you help your clients do that? Yeah, no, great question. And what you're describing is not uncommon. I mean, I run into that all the time. And ultimately, it's just really it's, it's the simplest way to think about it is like, why are you why are you in business? Like, what are you doing it for? Right. Some people, they do it because they enjoy the struggle. They enjoy the grind. They enjoy kind of that path and that journey. And so if that's what you want, then obviously you're going to prioritize that. But other people that I speak with and a lot of my clients currently, they're in business or they started their own business 
because of some of those reasons. But the end goal is they want to have more time with their family. They want to be able to make more money so they can take their, their kids on vacation, whatever that is. And so what I do is I ultimately try to remind them of why they got into business in the first place and make that the priority. So for instance, in the case of like, you know, someone who wants to spend more time with their family or make more money so they can use it with their family, right? It's like, if that's their goal, then why are they sinking 80, 90, 100 hour weeks into their business, right? And so it's reconfirming their priorities and then helping them figure out, okay, if that's where I want to get to, what do I need to do in my business in order to get there? And that's where we get tactical around, you know, scaling and, and delegating and things like that. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, it's hard, I think, for people to separate the two sometimes, right? I want to achieve this level of success, which means it has this required income to have the life that I want. Um, but I also got to sacrifice 80, 90 hours uh, uh, in a week to get to that level. It reminds me of like my my brother. He spent like seven years building uh, the this insurance office that we have here in San Diego. And now he's chilling. Right. Like he's literally chilling at home, uh, doing whatever he wants to do. He's built in, uh, the systems and put them in place so that everything still gets taken care of. And he has more of a 10,000 uh, level, 10,000 foot view approach to his business versus being in the minutia. But for seven years, he was grinding, but he knew what he wanted to get out of it. Uh, quick shout out real quick. Nick, what's up, brother? Uh, fellow genius over here. So let me ask you, what are some of the most common growth and like efficient efficiency goals that maybe your clients have that you help them achieve, but like kind of give me some of that critical back and forth. Like, like what I'm telling you about my brother, like seven years to get this, that's an okay goal if that's what you set out to achieve, but not everybody knows maybe that end goal or maybe they know the angle but aren't really weighing what it takes to get there that's exactly right and that's what i was going to comment on when you were talking about your brother like he clearly knew where he wanted to go and he obviously had a good understanding of where he was and so what he did was he mapped out essentially the path to get there and it took him seven years to do it and so the first conversation i have with my clients or prospective clients is exactly that it's where do you want to go? What is your goal? Is that a revenue goal? Is that a time goal? Is that a business goal? Whatever that goal is, where, does it, where, does, where is it that you want it to take you? And then comparing it to where you are today, because the best way to look at it is like, think of, um, you know, if you're, if you're buying a flight, right? You want to go on a vacation somewhere. The first, what's the first thing that you do, right? You go online and you type in, uh, you know, where you're, where you're starting from, right? Your city, San Diego, which I think that's where you guys are from. You start in San Diego and you want to go to New York City, right? So it's where you are, where you're going. And then you worry about the airline, the seat that you want, the time of day that you want to fly, all of the details, right? But if you don't know where you are and you don't know where you're going, then the airline, the seat details, all that stuff doesn't really matter. And it's the same thing in business. You have to have clarity on where you're at and where ultimately you want to go. And then we can start talking about how you get there and at what time you want to get there and what time, you know, what's the urgency level to get there, Right. So that's the broad thing, right? And to answer your questions more, more specifically, as far as like how that happens, it's really just a lot of asking questions, asking open-ended questions and getting people to kind of really think about what it is that they're doing, what it is that they want in a context that's business related, because oftentimes they don't do that. They say, well, I want to have a million dollar business. And right now, 
my business makes a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. It's like, okay, why do you want to make a million dollars, a million dollars in your business? Well, it's because I want more time with my family or I want to take whatever, all these other things. It's like, well, do you really need a million dollars in your business in order to do that? Or can you achieve the same with 500 K? And you start to kind of think about that a little bit more tactically. And then they realize, well, actually my priorities are my family, my hobbies, my time, not necessarily making a lot of money. And sometimes it's the inverse. Sometimes they don't have obligations. They don't have family. They don't have, you know, a wife and kids or whatever else. And so they want to, you know, scale the business as fast as they can and as, as big as they can. And so at that point they're sacrificing their time. Right. But you have to kind of make a, um, a list of priorities there in order to figure out how to get there. Let me ask you this. Cause um, I'm going to go back to my brother's story. He always talks about how, like when he was in like second or third grade and the teacher asked him like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And his answer was, I don't want to do anything. I want to do nothing. Right. And at the time, of course, in school, they're going to tell you, no, you can't do that, but it never left him. And I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people out there that just want to do nothing. They don't want to have to have uh, something they wake up to every single day, but they're willing to do the work ahead of time, right? To get to that level. Uh, and I think what I keep hearing you say here is you're, you're trying to help them live a life by design. You're helping them design what it is they want and design a business around the lifestyle that they're, that they want to live, not necessarily build a business and then have a lifestyle to come around the business. You want to kind of the other way around. Um, what's that process like when, when, when you want to create an actionable, realistic strategy, if it's somebody whose ultimate goal is to be that lazy entrepreneur, the one who has the cash flow coming in and wants to sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais and chill? Yeah. Great question, man. I think the first thing that I would start with is really getting clarity on what those things are. Like, do you want to be drinking Mai Tais and chilling on the beach and doing nothing? Okay, great. Um, how much money do you need in order to do that? and then working backwards and reverse engineering it, right? There's a lot of different ways you can get to a point where you're sitting on the beach drinking Mai Tais. Um, some are faster than others. And so obviously nothing's just going to happen, you know, magically. You kind of have to work for it at some point, but that's the goal, right? Is to help them understand, okay, there's my dream, right? Of drinking Mai Tais and doing nothing on the beach. Um, if you tell me you want to do that tomorrow, it's like, okay, man, like let's get on, let's get realistic on your expectations, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, those types of goals are 100% achievable and 100% valid. I think where people get confused is they think, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I have to hustle. I have to grind. Like I have to continue and grow and grow and grow. And it's not necessarily true. You have to start somewhere, right? So there is, there is some aspect of hustling and grinding, but you know, at some point you might decide, well, you know, I've built this for the last three years. Now I want my payday so I can go sit on the beach. It's like, okay, well, if that's the goal, then those three years, we should be focusing on building a business that you can sell. Because building a business that you can sell is very, very different than just building and scaling a business. There's kind of two different approaches there. And so, again, understanding where you want to go is is critical. But then having clarity of all of those things we just talked about, I think, is the first tactical step in order to get there. I love that. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, less about being the lazy entrepreneur now and more being about the entrepreneur that's going to get in here and make this thing grow. So, uh when, whenever somebody starts a business, especially at the beginning, they wear all the hats. They do all the work. They're the accountant. They're the marketer. They're the sales team. They're the one doing the technical work. Uh, but eventually, you got to get to a point where you can start to delegate some of these tasks to people who are better than you. Uh, you've helped clients create growth channels or maybe find uh, – 
organizations that can kind of synergistically work together. How valuable is that for a company to really optimize their business that way? And maybe can you share some examples of, of like how that process can be achieved successfully? Yeah. Yeah. I love that question. So basically the way that I think about it is, is this way, right? If you're starting your own business, there's kind of three ways to kind of get business. There's uh, and it's all sales and marketing related. There's outbound, right? Where you're calling people, you're kind of trying to have conversations yourself. You're going out to the field in order to collect information, have conversations and, and ultimately try to get some sales. There's inbound, which is where you're putting up um, kind of uh, websites or marketing or things like this, right? Where people are calling you, you're, you're getting people coming to you to have conversations, but the same is still true, right? You don't really necessarily have as much trust and credibility in the marketplace. And so there's still a lot of selling that needs to happen. So what I focus on is helping people with something I call nearbound, which is kind of a, a way to leverage other people's audiences or other people's relationships, AKA building partnerships, strategic partnerships with other groups that are selling to the same market that you're selling into. And so what that means is instead of trying to spin your wheels and figuring out if you're an entrepreneur and you don't know anything about marketing or sales, um, but you know your subject matter really, really well, and you know how to solve the problem for that subject matter really, really well. You know, a lot of people are going to struggle trying to figure out how to have conversations with people about that problem, right? About that thing that they do. Whereas instead, I tried to, um, from a low-hanging fruit perspective, help them find other people's audiences and borrow from that. So that way they can ultimately speak about those problems that they're very knowledgeable about to that audience that probably has them. And then it creates kind of that synergistic relationship with that other group where they're providing valuable content or whatever it is um, that they're looking for and ultimately getting leads and, and sales in return. So that's what I focus on. And I'm happy to give you a, a good example of that if you want me to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, before you do that, I kind of wanted to, to reiterate, I think the that some business owners struggle and, and maybe this becomes stressful because they are not good at the outbound stuff, right? Or maybe they're not good at the inbound stuff. And so they're really just relying on that referral base to come in, which is more of a not really it's more of an order taking versus a sales, right? It's much easier to deal with a customer that's coming as a referral than it is trying to make an outbound call and close a deal or trying to get people to come inbound at all times. So I like the, the nearbound approach. Uh, what does that look like? Give me an example of what that yeah. looks like. So I'll share a quick story of, of kind of when, when I first started in sales um, back when I was kind of doing consulting sales. So the, the, the context is I was working for um, a consultancy that one of the things that we did was we implemented technologies for large businesses, right? And so when I first started at this company, I came from consulting to become a seller for a smaller consulting firm. And my sales training uh, was, uh, here's your laptop, like, good luck, have fun, go sell something. And so I'd never done sales before in my life outside of, you know, selling some candies in high school, right? So I had no idea what I was doing. I tried cold calling. I tried going to networking events. I tried, you know, building brochures and, and doing inbound stuff like in marketing. Nothing really worked. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with a guy who worked at a technology company that we were familiar with um, that was already selling into this audience of people that I was trying to sell into. And I had a conversation with him and I, and I figured out that he was struggling on his side because he didn't know the technical intricacies of the product, whereas I did because I came from the consulting world where we would implement those things. And I said, okay, hey, how about this? You take me to some of your meetings where you're talking to 
you know, the CFOs, the CAOs of these large companies to try to sell them your product. And I will be the subject matter expert, basically in addition to your team. I'm not going to try to sell them anything. I'm just there to help you close your deals. And the first one that he took me to was like night and day for him, right? Whereas he was struggling to try to get around all the technical conversations, I was just answering the questions like that. And so ultimately his sales cycle you know, went from whatever it was to like 14 days, which is, which is unheard of in his particular business. And he had a bigger deal. And so he decided he's just going to take me to every deal that he had, every opportunity that he had. And the win for me was all of a sudden now, I'm being brought to the table with CAOs, CEOs, CFOs of these organizations that I was trying to cold call before and I was trying to meet at networking events um, and instead being positioned as a trusted strategic advisor. And so whenever I did that and then afterwards went to them and said, hey, I'd like to have the conversation with you about all the other things that my company can help you with. It was much warmer and much easier to have those conversations and my sales kind of took off. And so what I ended up doing was creating a process for our entire team that did exactly that, which is basically leveraging technology partnerships in order to get in front of people that we could sell into. Dude, that's a beautiful story because that really shows the synergy that that you can find with some of these people. And I know you said, you know, you tried cold calling, you tried networking and it didn't work. But I feel like in that story, it actually did. I That's what networking is, brother. We did a, he was on, it was, it's called the business bros. Cause we started off doing this together. He did it with me for three years. I, I, I locked him into like a prison sentence. He was going to do this for three years. Along the way, we started a podcast called the insurance bro show. Cause he had the insurance agency, right? He did it about 80, 90 episodes, met a guy that did the servicing side. Cause we did all the sales and training side on the front end. He met a guy that did all the servicing on the back end. He found a way over six months, six months to a year to kind of marry the two. And that's how he found his exit. So the, the networking aspect, as, as grueling as sometimes it can be, there's there, you're really almost looking for that needle in a haystack, that one opening where you can get in the door. When, when business owners have that feeling of overwhelm or stress when they're thinking about growing their business, like I'm sure you were having when you were cold calling and going to these network events, how do you help clients approach it so that growth is almost stress-free and enjoyable? So they get to that phase where now you're like the co-pilot and you're in the door and now it's a fun process versus a grind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So ultimately I think, um, what I try to help my, my clients with is making sure that they're comfortable and confident in the way that they produce their messaging. And so oftentimes the stress becomes, they don't necessarily know how to communicate their expertise or how to talk about the problems that they solve. And so what ends up happening is when they meet someone, it's just, they're vomiting words, right? There's just a whole bunch of stuff. And the people that's received, the people that are receiving the information, they're like, I don't really know what you do or what you're talking about, but it's nice to meet you. You seem fun maybe we'll get lunch sometime. And there really isn't any value coming from that conversation. Whereas if in that same scenario, they come in and someone asks, Hey, you know, Joe Schmo, like, what do you do? And they say, well, I help, you know, this type of person with this problem so that they can achieve this thing. And it's super cut and dry. At the end of the day, that the person they're speaking to is going to leave that conversation and knowing exactly what they do. And immediately they're going to be able to tell, well, I know actually know some people that fit that and have that problem. Let me introduce you or I don't, but it wasn't a wasted conversation because they have that in mind. And so again, to answer your question, it's really just being very clear and concise on what 
it is that you do in the, in the context of who's your audience, what problem do you solve for them and what are you trying to help them achieve? And if you can do that in a minute, probably less, I'd say 30 seconds, right? Then it's going to be a lot more fun for you to talk about things because someone's going to understand it clearly and they might ask you questions about it. They're like, well, wait a second. Do you help these kind of people or do you also help with this kind of problem or whatever else? And then you can kind of have a conversation. It's essentially like a, almost an elevator pitch, even though a lot of people are like, ah, elevator pitches are dead. I think it really simplifies and clarifies, even if you're not saying it to other people, it simplifies it for yourself. So you know what you're talking about, you know how to present it, how to communicate it. Um, how do you stay up to date with trends and best practices in business? I mean, over the last few weeks, it looks like we might not have a dollar anymore. It looks like the economic world is changing. Uh, ChatGPT and AI is coming out. Like everything is kind of shifting, changing, and evolving. How do you stay up to date with trends and strategies? And how does that help you as a coach um, inform and teach your, your clients what they need to know? Yeah, I hear I hear that a lot, right? Like all of the things that are coming around and and kind of happening in macroeconomics um, or, or kind of macro conditions in general. And how do you, how do you consolidate that and impact that and package that? Um, ultimately, my response really is around this. At the end of the day, it's all going to fall back to consistent frameworks and consistent strategies and foundational level items. How you apply those things is going to change year in and year out because of the things that you mentioned, right? The dollar, chat GPT, the AI revolution, whatever else. But at the end of the day, it's still the same fundamental business principles that we've been doing since you know forever, right? Like a lot of what I do that boils down to, I mean, you can you can trace a lot of it back to uh, I'm not sure if you, if you remember Brian Tracy, who was like the business guru back in like the the 70s, 60s, and 80s, right? He was the guy, and everyone went to him and they listened to his cassettes on how to sell and how to market and all these things. And at the end of the day, it's just those same fundamental fund, fundamentals that are applied differently. And so to answer your question in short, when people ask me about, oh, is ChatGPT going to take my job or how can I take advantage of it? It's the same questions. It's like, okay, well, what do you want to use it for? And what are you using it for today? And then identifying that gap and then kind of helping them navigate that gap, right? Um, and so, yeah, as far as ChatGPT goes, I think it's, it's there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, potential synergy you can draw from. And, and I think it's a good skill to have, especially as a new business owner, because you'll be able to apply it a lot of different ways. But worrying about things like the dollar and, and some other macroeconomic things, I don't necessarily know if it's prudent to focus on it because you can't really control it, um, but it's good to prepare yourself for it, right? So obviously you want to have a path forward on, on either case, but worrying about it, I don't know if is if it's the best approach. I, I totally agree with you. The fundamentals are probably the, the, the key and core concepts that you need to really nail down if you're going to be in business because things are, things are changing. They've always changed. We went from now we can print something to now we're on the radio to now we have a television to now we have the internet to now we have AI. Like Everything's going to change, but the fundamentals have stayed true throughout. There's still a there's still a human element involved. You still got to connect with a human at the end of the day. You got to make a sale with a human at the end of the day. So a lot of that stuff is still where the fundamentals lie. So what are some common misconceptions that you see business owners have when it comes to growth and scaling? And how do you address them um, when, it, when it comes to coaching them? Yeah, I, I, love, the, I love talking about this because it's, it's, it's something that kind of helped me um, in my own personal journey, as far as kind of selling 
uh, what I'm doing today and what I was doing previously. But um, a lot of people and a lot of content out there focus focuses on how to sell or how to market a particular product or a particular thing. But especially in the context of professional services, so think like um, lawyers, consultants, you know, doctors, whatever else, right? I think it's important to to think about it in this context. Instead of how do I sell them the thing that I want to sell them, it's how does that person buy this type of service typically? And so it really changes the way you start thinking about and, and the way you start marketing some of the things that you're doing and saying. For instance, um, you know, you can, you can try your best to, to sell something and have a great message and cold call and, and do all this stuff. And you could be the best, you know, seller of all time. But if no one knows who you are, you're never going to have that conversation. If they're not interested in what you do, probably not going to have that conversation. And if they know who you are and if they're interested, is it relevant to them, right? Does it, does it affect their business somehow? Those are the first three things I focus on. And then I talk about trust and respect. And those are two kind of synonymous things. But one is I trust that this person is an expert and can get the job done. That's one component. And then the other is I trust that this person has my back, meaning if something goes wrong or maybe there's a better option out there, they're going to tell me that. Okay, so those are the first things. And the last thing is uh, ability, right? The ability to buy, ability to pay. And so you can have all of those things, but if they're not ready and able to purchase whatever it is that you're selling, then it doesn't matter how great your message is or how good your marketing is or how good you are at sales, you're not going to get them to buy. And so that's the frame that I like to focus on is instead of how do I sell, it's how do my clients buy and then working through that way. Fundamentals, right? Always comes back to the fundamentals. The re- way you ask a question, the way you rephrase that thought process, it makes a big difference on how you approach that particular sale, that client, that transaction. Um, I'm I'm pretty big on maintaining my physical health, right? I work out every day, run kind of crazy amount of miles on a regular basis. Um, I feel like it's a very vital part of this whole work-life balance. Uh, when you're when you're talking to business owners who are looking to succeed and to grow, how much of that is personal health related? Quite a bit. You'd be surprised, man. I think um, often it's good that you do those things, right? And and I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to be consistent as as much as I can with what I'm putting in my body and how much I'm exercising as well, because at the end of the day, all of that is what fuels you, right? Fuels your mind, fuels your body. And so if you're not taking care of those things, um, you're going to feel drained. You're going to feel stressed. You're going to feel all kinds of negative ways as you go about your day and your, in your business. And so I definitely do remind my clients often, um, to take care of themselves and make time for it and be, be prescriptive with it. Meaning, you know, everyone's very good at scheduling this time block for these activities and making sure that this is when they're taking calls and whatever else. And so I'll ask them, like, are you blocking off time to exercise? And that could be go on a walk, step outside, take some sun. It doesn't necessarily mean go to the gym and run a marathon, right? Um, are you being mindful of, of what it is that you're putting in your body? So 100%, I don't coach on those things. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, all of a sudden I'm a health and fitness coach, but I do think it's important to think about, right? Um, because uh, again, all of those things are, are um, direct contributors to your output in your business. So as we're getting low on time, I want to make sure we talk about your practice for a little while here. Um, what are your long-term goals? What's the vision of your coaching practice? Where are you at today? Where do you want to take it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks for asking that. I, 
right now I'm at a point where I'm still working with a whole bunch of different types of clients. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching, but at the end of the day, I want to isolate that to one specific group, whether it's professional services and consulting or it's um, kind of my other passion, which is private practice owners and healthcare. Um, kind of want to steer it one way or the other. And then from there, create something that's a little bit more consistent, a little bit more scalable. So that way I can myself step away from the business as opposed to kind of being into it so much. Um, but my long-term goals for myself are using this um, as a conduit um, and, and a cash flow engine to go and purchase other businesses and kind of like grow my own, uh, I guess, uh, knowledge and expertise and base with other businesses that I'll grow, acquire and, and kind of consolidate kind of like a quasi private equity function basically, but funding it myself. And so that's my goal, right? Is to use this particular business that I'm building to facilitate that going forward. Um, but who knows, right? I say that that's my goal. That's what I'm working towards and, and things change. Uh, maybe I really love doing this um, and I want to do it for the rest of my life. Uh, maybe not, but uh, I'm keeping that option open as well. That's the beauty of uh, being an entrepreneur. You can always change the wind in your sails and, and go somewhere else if that's what you cho so choose to do. All right. Well, uh, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to find out more about what you have to offer, we've got websites scrolling across the bottom. Um, I'm going to have you kind of just say it also in case people who are only listening. Um, but tell me what they can find there. Yeah, so my website's down there. It's uh, Fuente at focalpointcoaching.com. That's my website, and on there you'll have uh, uh, access to a couple of free resources. You can also check out uh, my uh, my Instagram. Uh, my handle is Eric, E-R-I-C-K, double underscore, De La Fuente, D-E-L-A-F-U-E-N-T-E. -E. Um, or I'm sure you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as well with just my first and last name. But a lot of free resources on my website. Um, a lot of really interesting and free content, obviously, on all my socials for some of this type of stuff um, that I promote. And at the end of the day, if you want to have a conversation, um, those are the best ways to find me. I think I think you're on mute, man. I can't hear you all of a sudden. You are exactly right. I didn't hit the <laughs> unmute button. All right. Uh, last little selfish question of mine. Um, you're, you're going on different tours. You've been on different podcasts. Uh, what was your experience like on the business bros? Dude, I really like this one, to be honest, man. I like your energy. I like your style. I, I really, I really liked the intro. Um, and it's, it's cool. I didn't realize that you also had a live audience until you told me. So I think that that part's awesome as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, whoever else that is, is thinking about getting on the business bros podcast, I definitely recommend it. I mean, this conversation was fun and I'm sure we'll be in touch going forward after this as well. Boom. Well, there it is. Eric, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, look, you can't do this by yourself. Or should I say you can, but eventually you're going to want your time back. And if you really want to grow a business that is going to give you the freedom that you're looking for you need to have the coaching the mentorship and the help to put things in place so you can walk away at some point in the future and eric's giving you that opportunity so make sure you guys go to his website uh scrolling across the bottom down here eric de la fuentes stop by have a conversation it always starts with that right i mean he literally listening to eric's story today on the show he talked about how he's going to networking and it's like pulling his hair out although he still has hair i don't right but he finally connected with somebody that allowed him to move to that next level and that's what i'm hoping for a lot of you guys who knows it might not be eric but it might be so stop by his website check it out and i hope you guys start growing your businesses the way you want to eric 
Thank you very much for show. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.